This is Shaped for Law, a podcast series that plugs you into the world of legal technology. Join host David Fazakali, CIO of CTS, as he covers news and trends shaping the legal industry. Hi, this is Dave Zackley. I'm the CIO at CTS, and this is a continuation of our Shape for Law podcast series, where we're talking to some of uh, the team members at CTS about their roles and why those roles matter and what they do and why it matters for clients. And I'm joined today by Stacey McDonald. Before we get into what he does, I'm going to simply say hello, Stacey. Good to see you, mate. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm very well. Uh, summer has well no spring has arrived but today feels very summery doesn't it How it do you is feel it about is that? yeah it, you know what? actually i was on the tube in and for the first time in many weeks i've had to oh uh, my word get the sunglasses out so uh yeah i feel like spring is here summer I is have coming to say for our spotify listeners he's wearing uh a very dodgy pair of sunglasses. I don't I, know I, about I, that. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it may be dodgy for you. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the YouTube viewers, you make yeah. your mind up for yourselves. But listen, Stacey. The, the lenses aren't mirrored, so I think that's we're okay. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, actually, I tend to have mirror sunglasses. Do you? So yeah, I don't, yeah like, okay. don't like what you're saying about that. But yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk about that off air. But let's just say that the weather's cheering up and we're that's all good. feeling very, very good about it. Stacey, why don't you start us off by saying uh, what it is that you do uh, within CTS and our, and our firm, first of all. And uh, I don't mind if you describe it to me like I'm stupid. Like Sounds I sometimes good. Am. Sounds good. Um, so so my, what my role is, it's pre-sales solutions architect. It's, I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but it, but it does kind of, it does span Sounds many great. things. Yeah, it's, it's a great title. Um, so, so what my role is essentially is supporting the commercial team with technical advice and also supporting the delivery team and giving them the information that was agreed with the client commercially. So, so what my role essentially is, is I see myself as the glue between the commercial and the technical. Um, I've got a good background that helps me to, to do that role. And, and that is, I've worked in legal IT for, for going on for 11, nearly 12 years. Right. And in, within that, I've done worked in many, many roles from field technician through to technical account manager, through to professional services consult, consultant, lead professional services consultant, and now moving into pre-sales and architecture and ha- understanding all of those different facets of, of the business has also helped me to understand all the different facets of, of the client. Um, I spent a lot of time kind of supporting users, understanding their frustrations, but also sitting in meetings with C-level execs and understanding their frustrations too, as well as actually being back in the trenches and delivering the product. So I've got a really good understanding of the whole landscape. Yeah. So in that, then my role now is to kind of actually take that experience that I've got from all sides of that coin and bring that back in and help other people. So when the commercial team are out talking to a cl- talking to a customer, I can help talk to the customer and explain the technology in layman's terms, um, but also to explain that in quite technical terms um, for anyone that's technical. But also when the time comes and, and that moves back into the professional services team, we're going to deliver that. I understand how to deliver those products because I've been there and I've delivered them myself. So I can help explain that and say, Actually, here's what's going to be delivered. Let's well, let's let's yeah, explore that just a, li- a little bit more because you've you, you've mentioned a few words there. First of all, for our listeners, by commercial we mean let's say sales, new business teams, account managers, people yeah. who inter- in, in, interact with exactly with driving products, yes. and our product and professional service teams are the engineers and the consultants and people who who build and do yes. things. And I love the word that you use, glue, yeah. because you said that you, you're the glue in the middle. Would I be right in saying that? You take what the sales and new business people are saying with the client we can yes. deliver and ensure, because of yes. all this experience that you've just yeah. talked about, 
that you content that we can technically can absolutely build that. Yes. And you provide the blueprint. Let's call it a blueprint yeah, to the definitely. professional service team. Am, have I got that right? No, you've that- got that exactly right. And and it is, and it's it's also sitting in that meeting, talking to the customer and understanding their dream and saying, well, actually, yes, we can make that dream a reality. Here's how we would do it. Or actually, look, sorry, look, understand where you want to go with that, but the technology doesn't quite work in that way. Otherwise, we may say, yeah, of course, like Product X does this, and then when it comes to us delivering it, someone might be a little bit frustrated and say, well, actually, I was told that it would do X, Y, Z. So it's just making sure that the dream can actually be realized. So, Stacey, very much in your role, you gotta, you've got to be the techie. You've got to be the technologist, not just for our tech, which obviously is important, but there's a lot of other tech out there, Microsoft stacks, legal application stacks. You really, really got to get yourself into yeah. be knowledgeable but continuing to be knowledgeable you got to know the roadmap and where yeah. it's going so why so my next question to you is what's hot right now you know what's hot in the market and what should people be looking at or what are they asking us to look at i think currently um and this has been something that's been a journey that's been going on for many people for the last 18 months or two years but many are still on this journey is leveraging more of software as a service and what software as a service is essentially is instead of running the applications on some servers that are sitting in either your comms room or your vendor's data center, they are now running, provided by the vendor, yeah. um, and running on the internet. Software as a service for many of us, things that we would use actually as consumers is Netflix, Spotify, um, yes. those kind of things. But in the consumer, in the enterprise world, there is all, there are also things like Exchange Online, Teams. Um, hmm. I think many people are already on that journey. Do you think people, I'm just curious what you said there, do you think people who are at home on Netflix make that link, that that what they use in their personal life and how they do yep. it, and then when they go to work, and they might be decision makers at yeah, work, yeah. that actually what all we're talking about is what they're completely used to in their personal life and take for granted. No, I don't. Is there available No, you're the right, and I, I don't think that people do make that link. And I think because there is less risk, the consumers are uptaking these products sooner. There's no risk in you saying, well, I'm not going to rent any DVDs anymore. I'm going to go to Netflix. If it goes wrong, I'll just cancel my subscription. If you go and invest in that as as a business and you retire Exchange Server and move to Exchange Online and it doesn't work well, that's probably your neck on the line. So I think that's why it's probably been uptaken quicker in the consumer world. But when you consider Exchange Online, um, moving Exchange Server to Microsoft hosting that, We've all been doing that for years, as you say, as consumers with Gmail yes. accounts yes. and Hotmail accounts. Yeah. Um, it's not really any different. Yes, it's enterprise. Yes, there's more security there. But you're right. It's people have it's been a, slow to make the mental jump yes. in the business in the business yeah. world. Yeah. And and dare I say it? Now I will say it to, so that you don't get into trouble. I think the legal world has been behind other industries and sectors who perhaps uh, moved uh, quicker. Yeah. I, I think COVID has accelerated that digital yeah. transformation for legal and yeah. we've pretty much I think that. legal has moved slowly, but I think legal has moved slowly for reasons such as the fear of security and the fear of reliability is such a high-profile industry. Um, if you're a barrister and you're going to court and all of a sudden you can't actually re- access your email half an hour before you go, it's, it's a big problem. Yes. Um, whereas other industries, I mean, finance is the same, um, but other industries um, may not have those kind of same kind of pressures and they might be able to accept an hour of downtime or two hours of downtime. And therefore they've looked at the cost savings and gone, okay, yeah, this is the right route for us. I think that's the main reason that, that legal was taking a little bit longer to, to go on that journey. But now that everyone is making that journey, um, everyone's following each other. Um, people yes. tend to follow people yes. and they look at the trends and say, well, actually all of my competitors uh, and my colleagues in other firms are doing the same thing. Why are we not doing this? And a few years ago, 
I don't think the platforms were there. Um, if yeah. you had an Exchange server on premise, for example, it wasn't maybe as robust and reliable as Exchange Online. You couldn't ex secure it in the same way. And Microsoft have looked at that and they've looked at their entire suite, as has every other vendor and gone, well, what do we need to do to make this right so right. that people can move along? So I see I two adoption... competing challenges for, for clients, both lawyers and barristers especially, is that actually the Microsoft stack of the and this SaaS world you're talking about is a lot more robust, a lot more secure, yeah. is very, very resilient. But then it gets matched with what is actually tighter cybersecurity policies because of the world we live in. Yeah. So your passwords will be reset more often. You do have to synchronize them with different things. And that can be deeply frustrating. Yeah. I know for barristers and lawyers who are used to really just saying, I don't want that ever to change. I want it. They're, they're very yeah. habitually driven, aren't they? They yeah. want things to stay the same. And that, so on the one hand, we're saying this is more resilient, it's more flexible. But at the same time, you have to change your behaviors as well because yeah. you've got to keep yourself safe. Yeah. The technology stack is better, but your behavior has to also sort of change and adapt. Are you Sorry. seeing those trends as well? I am. And also, just to back what you were saying, there's, there's something that we use. Um, it's just a theory that we talk about. We say usability triangle, where we talk about security, usability, and reliability. Right. And it's really important to strike the balance. If you drift too far onto the corner of the triangle that's about security, you're ruining the usability, and then people say, well, I don't right. want to use this. And we always kind of look at that with, with any design and any technology. You go, well, where does it sit in the triangle? The perfect balance is you kind of want to be in the middle. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to sacrifice one of those areas. And I think that's what's happened to an extent during the pandemic is – we all rushed, um, vendors, users, IT teams, the entire world rushed to change the usability to say, well, actually, people need to work remotely. People need to work from home. And that journey is now finished. Like anyone that wanted to implement, implement remote working, they've done it. Anyone who wants to allow people to go and work from home, use Teams, it's done. Right, we're all there now. But what's left are the scars of that journey. We're in the wrong part of the triangle. We've gone all in the yes. one direction of the triangle, and that was needed. Yes. But maybe this we've yeah. sacrificed yeah. some uh, security and other bits yeah, which yeah. are now being exposed yes. and must be addressed. And they're that's, be, that's be, the hot thing. Totally, yeah. And they're, and right they're being now. exposed, and cyber attacks are evolving to take advantage of those weaknesses. Yeah. Um, it's, it's forever a game of cat and mouse between IT teams and IT security and some hackers who want to take advantage of those vulnerabilities. Um, and that's, I think really that is something that's, that's hot right now, is security. Right. Is people are looking at the landscape. 15 years ago, you just needed to have antivirus on your PC. Yeah. Um, and if you're a corporate network, you need to have a firewall at your perimeter. That was it. And we were all yes. happy with that. Yes. Um, then some very astute hackers or enterprising criminals have looked at that and said, well, Actually, there's a bit of weakness there because once I understand how to get in through that firewall, I'm in. So mm. then it's a case of, okay, well, how do we as IT security teams secure against that? So it constantly evolves. I'm glad you said constantly evolves because I, I know some of the conversations I've had with some of the decision makers and key firms is, well, we've invested in this now. Why, why are you saying more? Because the criminal evolves. Yes. The criminal becomes more devious and yeah. they're getting better at it. And unfortunately, yeah. they're very focused right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm afraid this is a journey. It's yeah. not 
It's not a one-trick pony or no. a two-trick pony. It is, this is the right thing for now. And then next year, there's going to be some different yeah. things. You must consider this a continuous yeah. journey. And if we just look just to the next 12 months, so we've looked at what's hot right now. What should uh, either Chambers clients or law firm clients, you know, what do you think the, the main agendas are for the next 12 months? Security, you've talked about. Are, are there others? I think, let me just focus on security for a moment. Yes. I think security for me, is probably the most important thing for everyone over the next 12 months. And I think everyone should go back, take a step back from the panic of, as we said, trying to implement remote working, hybrid working during the pandemic, and just sit down and think, okay, what did we do? What did we change? Is that secure? Are we in the right place? And I think a lot of people will also look at that and be be unsure. And they may think, well, actually, we think it's secure. And I think if you're, unless you're absolutely certain, Go and seek an independent review. Um, mm. Come come to one, your vendor, come to us, and just say, actually, look, can we have a second set of eyes, an independent review of this? Maybe that's an external penetration test. Yeah. Maybe it's an IT security review. Maybe it's an, a review of your IT security policies. Just to give you that peace of mind that yes. you're secure. And I think a lot of us also look at security. We look at it from the inside, and we imagine we're sat in our house, and the door is locked, and we're happy. And we go, well, I just come in through the front door and I've locked it, so it's okay. But what you need to look at is, well, how many windows have you got open? What other routes are in there? So I think sometimes you need to step outside your house and say, if I was going to break in, how would I get in? Um, yes. And I think that's the way to look and at it. And some people have figured out how to make the keys. Yes, exactly. You know, and that's sometimes they yeah. come in through the front door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And and I think, as you said, like the security landscape and the threat landscape constantly evolves. And what we're seeing now is it's no longer, as we said, 15 years ago, someone putting a virus on a USB stick and allowing that to propagate, plug it into a USB stick, propagate it across your network. You don't really see those kind of attacks anymore because the antivirus is so advanced that it could just pick up on the Endpoint map. detection, it sees that's going on on exactly. the device and gets it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, well, endpoint detection actually is, and this is the next phase actually, is that's endpoint detection. But the next step to that now is endpoint detection and response. Yes. And it's having artificial intelligence in place to say, well... I don't know that this is a virus, but this looks wrong. And the artificial intelligence within the system to say, I'm going to stop this because I don't know what's happening here. And for the listener, yes, it's really important, isn't it, to understand detection and response are two different things. Yes. They might come from the same product, but detection is just telling you your world's falling apart. Yes, yeah. And we've detected it. Yeah. And but but response yeah. is actually automatically automatic without having a human there and then yes. do something doing something to stop it, limit it, contain it, totally. whatever. And that is the key bit. That, that is the key bit. At. And I think this is the bit that we all should be focused on now is endpoint detection and response. Uh, and that response should be automated by a product that can do that for you. Um, your IT team may be out on a priority one call. They might be in a data center somewhere. Someone may have an infection on their machine or they may have some credentials that are leaked. No one knows about that. You might know about it two hours later, and that's not that long. But two hours in the middle of an attack or in the middle of an infection is definitely long enough to cause a lot of problems. And, San, and a lot of these things sit dormant for months, doing nothing do. yep. on purpose yes. to lull people into a yeah, false yeah. sense of security yeah, exactly. before they activate later. Yes. So you can't, you, you know, you can't rest on your laurels. Listen, let's have a little bit more fun. Let's lighten the load just a little bit because you know the the, the sessions. It is about telling people what they should be focused yeah, on, yeah. and this is an important topic, but. You are a technologist, so I'm going to ask you to predict the future, Stacey. Okay, yep. and let's uh, let's break this down into two things: um, personal tech 
you know, and how that then and how that may be the same or translate differently to business tech. Yeah. So, what's over the next few years? What do you think uh, people from can expect from the the next big thing in personal technology or changes? And then, what do you think companies should be thinking about a little bit yep. further ahead? I think personal technology. I think connected devices within the home. It, it, there's going to be much more adoption there. I think it's right. it's been around for many years. But many of us were only uptaking that if we were really excited about it. Whereas, it was called the Internet of Things is, and the Internet of exactly, Everything. I remember exactly. the slogan. Yes. But uh, you're right. You had to be a bit geeky. You had to, to be a to bit. Yeah, it. you did. And you had to be a bit. You had to be excited about it to, yeah. to really adopt it. I think now what we will start to see is fridges, light bulbs, switches, new build properties yes. that will just come with this stuff just out of the box. Yes. You won't need to go and look for a fridge that is connected to the Internet. They will all just be connected to the Internet. Yes. So I think that is something that, that will really be a big driver in the next couple of years and I can see everyone going on that journey. Yeah. And so how do you now think that uh, from a business so so from a business tech point of view and I do agree with you I yeah. think I think that, that internet revolution but and I, actually I and this was a number of years ago I was looking at new tech for this is pre-covid for the, you know uh, multi screens touch screens mm. the internet of things within the office yes. sort of you know uh you walk into the office and the office knows you've walked into the room and yeah, that yeah. that element of yeah. your data sort of following you and your information being available onto you know um you know pixelated sort of yeah. paper on the walls yeah. all that tech is still there. i think covid has sort of paused it but that's my take on where I think some office-based tech is going to go. But what what's your take on it? Do you know what? I, I agree with you. I think the technology will, will follow us everywhere we go. It's, we're already seeing that. Again, we've just talked about the internet of things at home. Um, you know what you don't know right now because we maybe don't own these fridges, but in two years' time, you'll know what's in your fridge. You can just look it up on your phone. All of these things follow you in. Everyone has a profile and will have a work profile and a personal profile. Your personal profile will be your Spotify, your Netflix, what's in your fridge. But I think work will also be your Office 365 and all those technologies. But as they follow you everywhere, as you say, you're sat at home, you open up your laptop and you log in and your technology's there. You walk into the office, it knows you're David. And it says, oh, David, you've booked this meeting room. You walk straight in, fire it up, your PC is already there. And I think it's just being able to be connected to everything in that particular space, whether it's your workspace or whether you're personal, and just having that follow you around. Yes. I think that's the thing that, we will see more of and we won't even notice it happening and we'll go oh, actually this is quite cool yes i think the big things in tech you see sometimes are you look at things like virtual reality and we go oh that's really really exciting mm. but actually are we really going to use it and, and you haven't mentioned it so i'll mention yes. the metaverse i was going to mention and, it when we talked about the, the ah, personal yeah i mean what yeah. do you what do you think i <laughs> i i well first of all i've not used vr myself yep. there you go there's an admission and um maybe just because those Big goggle things. I'm a member of a sports club, uh, and um, and looking at you, me, you might you know laugh yep. and say, "Really, what sports is that?" But, <laughs> but, but no, I, I am a member of a sports club, and there was somebody in there the list weekend with the big goggles doing the, and yeah, there's lots of tennis that goes yeah. on at the club, and I think they were playing virtual tennis indoors, you know, and everyone's looking curious, and I just thought you look like a flaming idiot, but that mm. was just so I just thought for me, right. That's got to that's got to miniaturize yeah. and become less obtrusive and more. Uh, and and by the way, it looks like that that's where it's going yeah. it's, it's yeah. going to go. It's going to be a much more subtle, much more augmented yeah. and integrated yeah. into what you do. So that is the direction of travel. My only my only thoughts on this is um, 
why do we want virtual constructs of worlds when which is n- never going to be as effective as a physical world where you and I are sat here having a genuine yeah. face-to-face conversation yeah, yeah. but i get that meeting people in a, in you know two dimensional yep. zoom two dimensional teams that actually it might be the way to improve collaboration across great spaces yep. and people in different places that feels more real perhaps than that so for me the jury's out but mm. i do know it is in some way a coming i don't think it's going to be the old laser disc that went nowhere i think I, I there's legs in this I, I think it i think it is going somewhere and i think sometimes you look at technology and the, the idea of the technology goes is so far into the extreme that we all look at it and we say well are we going to be sit there sitting there playing tennis with vr headsets is everyone going to be doing that? Probably not. Yeah. But you're right. Are we going to sit and have maybe a TV screen that's got a camera on it and we can sit and talk to our family that are the other side of the world? Yeah, I think everyone will do that. The same as meetings. Are you and I going to sit in a meeting room with VR headsets and have a conversation? Probably Joking not. about our avatars. Exactly. You know, uh, I think, Yeah. I mean, I also think you, we can look back to like the early 90s and even the late 80s this stuff was pitched on the news of we were all going to be wearing VR headsets 30 years ago. We're still yes. not really there it, uh, because humans want personal interaction. They want to sit in a room together. Yes. You want to have a conversation. So yes. I think in lieu of that, yes, we will use maybe VR. We will definitely use video conferencing, but I think we're not going to get away from that. Well, there's some big companies, Facebook now called Meta, of course, yeah. are, are, are taking big financial, yeah. I'm not going to call it a gamble. It's a risk assessed that's where they've hedged their bets and that it's going to go. It is going to be very interesting because some of these companies, they have the money to actually solve some of the technical solutions, you know. And so, you know, I look forward to that, but maybe that's what we're going to see in the the next few years. Uh, Stacey, thanks very much for this uh, conversation and uh, hopefully uh, illuminating for for, for our external listeners about yep. what it is sometimes that we have to do in our roles within the firm providing to to our clients and having a little bit of a, a little bit of a focus on what's important what's yeah. hot what's a priority and a bit of fun there cool. about the future and uh, thank you very much thanks for having me Dave so that concludes uh, this uh, Shape for Law internal view of uh, what we do uh, at CTS my name is Dave Zackley signing out thanks for tuning in to the Shaped for Law podcast I hope you enjoyed the episode and picked up useful insights into the world of legal tech. You can catch more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Whilst you're at it, I would greatly appreciate your support by liking, sharing, and leaving a review of this podcast. Until the next time, this is David Bazakli signing off.